<laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Part Two: The Sequel Continued. <laughs> Damn it, Roger! I I had just taken a sip of water. I almost. Uh, yes, part two of the sequel a podcast where we watch movies with some friends, discuss it, and then think of a sequel that is probably already happening. That's, that's right, Santa's little helper. I am your roommate, Santa Claus. And I'm your roommate, not Santa Claus. Yes! <laughs> anyway, okay, uh... <clears throat> This this week we have uh it's Christmas guys it's the Christmas episode, <laughs> um this week we have a new r- roommate uh new roommate please introduce yourself. Uh hi everybody uh my name is uh, Jet on the internet I have a YouTube channel called Jet Kuso where I make nostalgia based toy content. Nostalgia based toy content. Uh, uh nostalgia bait. I'm trying oh. to trick people and <laughs> okay. use their emotions for my own monetary gain. Now, that makes it sound like you're on there and you're just like, uh, like you're showing them old TMNT cartoons. And then out of nowhere, you're like, and now let me tell you about finances. Hey, kids, you want to look at some JPEGs of Trix yogurt? <laughs> um, sounds like my kind of channel. What kind of what kind of toys do you uh, do you bait with? Well, oh, that's I was. Yeah. I I like to make videos. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I like to make videos uh about uh, I was very focused on the the toy battling brand Bakugan for a long time. Uh but I've started to branch out in my content a little bit uh into like hex bugs, uh bionicle, uh just all kinds of uh whatever you remember uh from your past that's the kind of stuff that i uh like to focus on with way over edited videos i always Which took one? you for a uh oh god i already forgot the name of it but uh what was the last you thing think i was a beyblade man are you going to accuse me of being a beyblade man xavier no no uh the one you just said the last one you said <laughs> dang it i feel so stupid now that i i completely forgot that's well, how this podcast goes by the way no bionicle um, bionicle there we go i took you for a bionicle kid Oh yeah. Oh yeah, buddy. Now I noticed some uh some stank being put on Beyblade. What's 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 going on there? Uh Beyblade is fine. I got nothing against Beyblade. Um I just get a lot of comments asking me to make a Beyblade video and I don't I just I can't think up much to say about the tops. There's there's so many other great Beyblade channels. I don't think I could add to the discourse. Okay. And there's okay. discourse, man. It's ongoing. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, we wouldn't know anything about that. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, just another another qu- uh, question about what you do. Uh, out of all the toys that you that you um, that you showcase, which ones would you say, in your opinion, taste the best? Ooh, uh, it's got a, I, the, the hilarious thing is I've been asked this question before. <laughs> no uh, way. <laughs> uh, it's gotta be the. Uh, Walmart exclusive uh, platinum dragonoid um, strength mode. Uh, I think I don't. Uh, whichever one has clear plastic, it's a nice cherry red, um, and it's it's sort of like a Tide Pod. It doesn't actually provide any extra flavor. It just looks like it would be so appetizing that you can have sort of a psychosomatic effect going. Sure, on. sure, sure, sure. Your brain is is kind of making up the flavor that you think it should be. 
Yes, which is what all flavor technically is, just also with chemical stimuli. Wow, and with that really deep pull, uh, let's 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 talk about this movie that we watched. Uh, normally, Xavier would <laughs> normally Xavier would uh, pull out a one sentence description of the movie, uh, but he did inform me right before we started that he did not do that. Xavier, do you just want to improv one out? <clears throat> sure. This week we watched. Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, a very misleading title for a film about, <laughs> I don't really know what, it's a B-movie from the 60s, and it, it definitely reflects that era. Uh, man, Jet, Jet I, can, I, I can I, give it a shot. Yeah, you want to try? <laughs> yeah, you go for it. We've never done uh, this. The communist Martians uh, are upset at their children being corrupted by consumerist uh, American television uh, because their children are all very sad. Uh, so they decide to change their ways and go to Earth, kidnap Santa Claus, and, uh, and bring him to stay on Mars and be a Mars Santa Claus. Uh, and uh, a shocking amount of interwoven personal drama happens between the Martians because they are the protagonists of the film and not Santa Claus. <laughs> yes. That, yes. Uh, <clears throat> that was a very deep look into that. that <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I, I was just taking this at face value. I didn't even, I completely forgot oh. about when this movie was made and uh -huh. the subtext of like communism definitely uh -huh. is there. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely so. There are Which other I kind of weird messages throughout the movie that I thought they were going to go with. Yeah. Like, children are becoming lazy because they watch too much TV, uh -huh. but it turns out that's not at all what they were doing. Th that's In the fact, thing. they encourage it, it later on, too. Yeah. It seemed like it was going to be, like, a criticism of, like, either consumerism or communism, but it doesn't really do either it sort of synthesizes varying ideas across the spectrum yeah see i think this was a coming out story uh but oh. just kind of yeah uh <laughs> i'm not gonna go into that so uh <laughs> so at the in this podcast oh by the way everybody uh this one might run a little long it is the christmas special uh you know we've worked <laughs> with jet before we have a lot to talk about uh so just keep that in mind moving forward. If this goes over an hour, don't panic. Don't come after us. Um, and also, spoiler alert, sound the alarm! Jet, give us your best spoiler alert alarm. That's a new one. <laughs> I mean, spoilers are running take cover within your designated chambers. Oh, thank you, Zordon. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Rangers take cover. Rangers. Spoiler alert! <laughs> I think Discord cut off like a, a good chunk of the beginning of that, but like it was I, a I can't wait noise. to hear hear it whenever we, uh, whenever we get, get all this audio together. Yeah, yeah, it was sort of like a slowed down tornado siren noise. It's fun. It's perfect. Um, so the first question I have for you folks, Jet, we normally uh we we try to recap the movie via questions. That way, we're not just talking about the movie. Um, and my first question, like always, is can you name all of the characters you remember? Hey, before we do this, I, and I know you want to jump to it, <laughs> these are, most of these names are aliens. <laughs> just keep, just please keep that in mind, dear audience. Uh, now, I tell X, you what, I don't remember Jet, any of them. <laughs> I remember perfect, Santa then. Claus and Billy. Any of the Martians? <laughs> not a clue, because they were you all- could, You could just give them two syllable sounds. Boba. <laughs> that, that would cover it. Gouda. 
I don't know. I took down such elaborate notes. I won't use them to cheat through most of these questions. I I deeply want to name all of the Martians, though. Okay, There's also then too many characters as well, like at least 10 Martians who all have different names that are all just random crap that somebody right. pulled out of the toilet and was like, well, the, threw it at a typewriter. A very popular issue we have on this show where we watch movies that have too many characters. This movie had a lot of characters that are introduced once and like really never talked about again. Uh, I got Jet, them all down, man. Jet, please name all of the characters you remember. On the on the Martians, we've got Beemot, Lomas, Voldar, Kimar, Rigna, Droppo, Cargo, uh, Kimar's wife, Momar, uh, their children, Bomar and Germar, uh, the uh, ancient one of Mars who was 800 years old, Chochum, uh, who is your favorite Martian, um... We've got the the children uh, protagonists, Billy and Betty Foster. We've got Santa Claus. We've got Mrs. Claus. And we've got Winky, the elf in charge of the space department. Holy crap. You are the first person on this show's history to ever do that. <laughs> I am astonished right now. I am an overachiever. Now, I do, there's, there's one extra one that I know you missed. Oh, no. Do um, you remember the reporter's name that interviews Santa in the beginning? Oh, ah, no, you got me. Yeah. No, yeah. I, don't, I remember, I remember oh, wait, he Mr. was a Anderson. reporter. His name is Mr. Anderson. <laughs> Excellent. He, I, I, I just remember, remember that because of Anderson Cooper. That's literally the only reason I remember that. He was a reporter for Kid TV, which somehow knows about Santa and can just yeah. get an exclusive. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a, a casual... Like a, I don't know how to say this, but really, uh, a, a cavalierousness, that's not right, uh, that the world sees around <laughs> Santa Claus in the beginning of the film. Actually, let's just go into question one. Okay. In the beginning of the movie, it opens up with some Martian children watching an Earth news program where a reporter was doing what, where? Jet? Uh, he was a reporter for Kid TV with an exclusive interview with uh, Santa Claus. I, not I, just... I first... At first, I thought this was like, um, uh, uh, like on Christmas Eve, but I think it was based on the timeline of the film, just like in the middle of the year. I think they specified it was beginning of December. Beginning ah. of December, yeah. Uh, but thank you. That, that specified later with a conversation with Chochim. Uh, Xavier, do you have anything to to elaborate on that? Uh, n no. It's just an interview with Santa Claus and a very awkward uh, end to that interview with Mrs. Claus getting all hot and bothered about being on TV. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, much she, far. She's like late to the party. The she doesn't movie, see the camera crew and she's like, we're on TV. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> she loves yeah. the camera. <laughs> yeah, that's a great impression. <laughs> Spot on. Thank you. <laughs> it's very um, much like you can tell that this was the era when people started taking movies a little more seriously and that's why we had all these B movies getting made. And they could only afford to get like stage actors to come be in this. And so there's a ton of overacting in this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's made very relevant by the volume of the speaking. Mm -hmm. uh, trying to be drowned out by the volume of the music. There was a competition. <laughs> there was an auditory, like, uh, uh, a battle of sorts. happening. Yeah. Like a, I was like gonna a game say, of Splatoon. I was going to say a, a, a gladiator, <laughs> but I forgot what those are called. <laughs> What what do you like a coliseum fight? What are those called? <laughs> I uh 
Yes. Whoa, you hit the limits of my knowledge so quick. Huh. Moving okay. on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the answer is uh, he's interviewing Santa as one of his elves. No, as his elves know more than they let on, uh, one elf is ma- making a toy rocket that uses real rocket fuel, which, hey, by the way, Jesus that's Christ. just a yeah. real rocket. <laughs> it's literally just a little explosive that you're handing to a child. Yeah, yeah. You, it, it, you can call it a toy, but that's a real rocket you're making uh, there, Tinky or Winky or whatever his name was. Winky. Yeah. Winky. Winky. Uh, He's question. the head of the space department. Yeah, oh, he also yes. makes... And he absolutely he, knows what Martians look like. Yeah, yeah, he <laughs> knows like an exact way more. Of them. And then when um, they come in, he's the one who's like, those are Martians. Martians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, duh, idiot, look at them. Um, that, let's just, let's put a pin in Winky, because there's some serious, like, <laughs> there's some serious sequel material with that freak. Okay. And his deal. Question two. There are many struggles for Martian parents. Uh, your kids don't want to eat their dehydrated food pills. They have trouble falling asleep, so you have to drug them. And don't even get me started on what they call music these days. But what is the newest issue that parents are facing with Martian children, Jet? Uh, it's, th- it's that they're watching too much Earth TV, if, if I recall correctly. They just right. can't get enough of the stuff. <laughs> Xavier? Uh, I, I believe that's it, because that's all I remember from that conversation. <laughs> Although I will say, there's a lot of lack of creativity in what these martians day-to-day lives look like um no world building the the most creative thing they did was make their food pills which i believe are just jelly beans that they mm-hmm. used on set hey but uh, it's literally just like it's a, a hamburger pill yeah or a chocolate fudge sundae p- it's just earth mm-hmm. food <laughs> like mashed potatoes and it's like yeah. oh you have all those on mars huh you got all those? We have a whole okay. Thanksgiving feast and uh, your name is Flomar and you're eating a hamburger? Okay. Let's see. Okay, so yeah, uh they have a debil- they have the debilitating habit of watching earth programs on their tube televisions. Tube televisions. Tube televisions. Right, that's another thing this they is, have is yeah. television tubes. Um see, and our are, who knows. <laughs> and for some reason the kids are being made lethargic because of it, but uh, we'll kind of get into that with the next question, which is number three. The Martian le- leader, Kimar, Kimar? Kimar. Kimar. Gathers Head of the his... Council of Chiefs. Yes. Well, I wrote, gathers his council of daddies to find the solution, <laughs> to, to find the solution to their kids' melancholy. Who do they seek the council of, and what is his answer? Uh, Chochum, who lives at Chochum's chair in Thunder Polis. He's the 800-year-old ancient one of Mars. Uh, and the best character in the film. <laughs> For all of three minutes. <laughs> yes. He is like, he is like Christopher Walken in Pulp Fiction. Just like shows <laughs> yes. up, delivers an iconic momentary performance, and then never appears again. Yeah. Yeah. Except this guy's um, what what was his name? I I'm terrible. Jet, you'll see. I will not remember anybody's names even after I've been told. Right. Um, but this ancient one, it, everything he says sounds so creepy and sexual, and <laughs> I was so on edge the whole time he was talking. He he had a it, it was it was a very comedic performance. Like I I don't think on purpose. But, like, a lot of the time he was just like, oh, I, like, like, the the meter in which he took was, the peaks and valleys were way too extreme. 
He um, sounds like, like he Getty Lee from Rush for a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no. we need Santa Claus. That's it literally hilarious. sounds like this guy had something up his butt the whole time he was doing this scene. It's probably part of um, his yeah. uh, method acting. Yeah. But what, what was his answer to the kids being lethargic from TV? Um, it, well, it was it was an amazing speech about how we we implant our children with machines in the cradle and they're fed information constantly, moment to moment, and then by the time they can walk, they're already adults mentally. So they're they're children. They've they didn't have a childhood. We, we need what month is it? <laughs> Oh, yeah, oh, that's to- September. 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 Oh, that's that was right. December fifth on Earth or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was oh. that was almost a question. Was what month is it in space? Yeah, <laughs> September, September was the answer. Um, <laughs> they couldn't even think up just a, no. a month. They had to combine yeah. two. <laughs> uh, uh, no, yeah, and he's like, we need to give our children a childhood. They need Santa Claus. Go to Earth, steal the fat man, and return. Xavier, I feel like you're not you're not gonna get a, little, a whole lot of airtime in this episode. And I'm just gonna be ranting through most of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So, so, yeah, they they visit ancient Chochim. Ancient, by the way, which means 800 years old. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he explains that the the reason they're watching TV so much is because on Earth it's close to Christmas time. The children have lost. Uh, sorry, they have child bodies, but adult minds. Uh, they've never learned how to play. Uh, that they're oh, rebelling okay. against their adult minds. He says, we need Santa Claus on Mars, and then he fucking blows up. <laughs> <laughs> the mic drop for this character is that he explodes. <laughs> we could assume he's dead. He doesn't appear again. He's no longer ancient. That man died. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, uh, shoot, the way that Yoda dies in Empire. And just fades if, away, except it's if, just like, if Yoda had died with an explosion <laughs> in that little bed of his, <laughs> just spattered. That movie would have won an Oscar in that pit. Absolutely, yes. Uh, speaking of dead Yoda, question number four. Because there is only one Santa, obviously, and it's on Earth, they make a plan to bring Santa to Mars. So they go to Earth to do some recon. What are some of the hurdles they face while doing so, Jet? Uh, well, uh, the, the, was it the UN or just, just, you know, uh, earth governments are like looking at them with radar. So they use their radar box, uh, to, to <laughs> shut off the radar signals, which is a, a convenient, a convenient box in the middle of the <laughs> bridge of the ship. Um, they also have a hard time finding Santa Claus because there's so many Santa Clauses. Uh, with the Salvation Army ringing bells and in malls, and they uh, they think, well, which one do we get? Ah. Okay, Xavier, there's... I think their biggest hurdle was the two children who could possibly tell people that they saw Ooh. Martians. Okay, okay, so well, that's, that's within the next question. There is one more hurdle that they face, and it's something that has directly interfered with their time in this spaceship. Oh. Dropo? Is it Droppo? Droppo, yes. there we go. Droppo. He's in the radar box. If he, was, he was smuggling himself in the radar box, by the way, for the audience. Droppo is an idiot. Like, he's like, mm-hmm. he's kind of this aloof character. The only childish character in the movie that, hold on. 
Even the children aren't as childish as this guy. Yeah. Wait, no. why is Droppo such a moron? Just, uh, just probably to be is funny. His, probably you know, his they... learning machine was glitchy as he was being <laughs> cradle fed. But then there's the other guy who comes in later. Obviously, I don't remember his name. But he was Jim. also supposed to be uh, a comi- just just as much of a comedic relief as as uh, Droppo. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no, it was it was Stobo. Stobo. Who no, was Stobo. Stobo. Yeah, Stobo is working alongside Shim. Well, we'll get there. I promise. We'll get there. Okay. Yes. And then and then yeah, the children who they hold at gunpoint and told not to be. Xavier, <laughs> wait till question five. Let me tell you, this guy Droppo, he's a real ding dong. So he ain't he? He's not a he's not a bright fellow. Wait, quick fun fact: they wanted to remake this movie in in ninety eight with Jim Carrey as Dropo, Droppo, whatever the heck. Um, and I, I would have paid to see that. I yeah, guess. that would have been would, fantastic. I would pay Jim Carrey to come to my house and do it. You still can. Yeah, you just you just give him the little green outfits and the helmet. And... <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, some of the hurdles they face, uh, they see many Santa Clauses standing on street corners in front of malls, what have you. Uh, and they, but they agree that they only need one. They find Droppo uh, has hidden himself inside of their radar box, and the Earth uh, Air Force goes through a ton of stock footage. Like that seems to yes. be a pretty important important part of the movie. They're refueling was, up there. Yeah, they're doing. This is a year something. where where stock footage could easily be put into. Yeah, uh, the entire time I was watching this, I was like, "Wow, this looks so seamless." Because everybody had like the same level of technology back then, and I'm thinking about like now, if I were to take my iPhone footage and put stock footage next to it, it would be like a vast difference yeah, between huge the two. difference. Uh, okay, Xavier, we can now talk about it for question five. For seemingly no reason, the Martians land on a, in a random spot, I guess in a field on Earth, and they hold some kids at gunpoint, who are then told to not be scared. Who are these kids, and what do they know? Jet? I'm pretty sure they blue skadooed them out of a greeting card. Because uh, <laughs> it's, it's the most picturesque shot. The best shot in the movie is these kids laying here on the forest floor. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, uh, Billy and Betty Foster, um, who are two random children who are whis- whisked away and inform the Martians uh, that there's only one Santa Claus at the North Pole. See, the real right. question is, what were they doing in this field? Because Billy specifically says, let me sleep. So I yeah, guess he I'm was trying just trying to, to take a nap. And his sister was just sitting there reminiscing about their Santa parents, Claus, I, I think. I don't I, think I, their parents are ever mentioned. So I, I think they're two homeless orphans. Probably, because later on they're like, oh, we're, you know, the Martians realize they're sad. And they're like, why are you sad? And instead of being like, because we miss our families and our and Earth, they're just like, oh, nothing's wrong. Like, yeah, that I'm that's fine. probably that scene alone contributed to uh to depression in minors later. It's it's later 1968. <laughs> we're not allowed to mention depression in movies right now. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the answer is Billy and Betty Foster. Um, they know where to find the real Santa and end up getting kidnapped uh, because of it. So, question number six: Droppo inevitably is in charge of watching these child prisoners and decides to bring them to the cockpit, even though. He knows he's not supposed to. This provides Billy a chance to do what, Jet? Well, uh, they have to uh, speedily hide in the radar box uh, when the rest of the Martian crew starts to to uh, come back up to the bridge. 
Dropo, Drop, Dropo, uh, Dropo dips, uh, and the kids in the radar box overhear the plan to kidnap Santa Claus. So once the Martians finally leave the room, uh, Billy rips out some some wires from the radar box, uh, removing their cloaking system, uh, and leaving them vulnerable to tracking by the American military. The yeah, UN, okay. I think. Exactly. Is that, is that right? Yes. Uh, it gives them the chance to hear the plan, and then very cautiously step in and out of this very cheaply made uh, prop. Because that scene took like five minutes just them lifting the lid and then slowly putting it back down. And then he disconnects like two wires out of the inside <laughs> of it. And uh, yeah, that, that's the whole scene. Yeah, he really makes a parade out of ripping those wires out, huh? <laughs> I like how he's like, wait, hold on a second. And he goes back and he, and he pulls the two cables. And then he sl- very slowly and gently lowers this yeah. his lid. And he's like, <laughs> he's okay. Like- you just That's ruined good. the equipment. What are you being so ginger for? Yeah. Cut, Billy. Uh, I lower think... the lid down slower, he or the mu- glue will come off from the equipment at the top of the box. All right, <laughs> yeah. action. Our prop master just he must quit. Have, he must have like accidentally slammed it on one take and then gotten a beaten between takes. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, yeah, that'll teach you. Yeah. It's the 60s. There's no laws. What I say about slamming doors, Billy? Um, you, t- you lost your cigarette privilege. Pl- pl- ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, the joke was so good, though. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I'm, <laughs> um, I'm not going to try to do it again. No, I I, I commend you for it. Uh, question number seven. The kids escape the ship, but are stuck in the wilderness of the North Pole. What are three dangers that are after these kids, Jet? Uh, well, uh... There's uh, the, the Martians who are looking for them, specifically the angry, mustachioed, buff as heck Martian. Yeah, he's Voldar. he is actually super buff. Do you remember his name? Voldar is Voldar is like the antagonist Martian, basically, who's like grumpy and uh, you know, like not on board with all the stuff. Um, he's like, <laughs> we gotta kill these freaking kids. Um, and then there's a uh, Torg. Uh, who is a, a robot <laughs> that the Martians have that they send to find the kids. Uh, Torg is remarkably ominous, actually. Yeah. Like a full-on, like... Well, when you first see him anyways, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you, yeah, you watch him with just the glowing stumble eyes. Between, the, uh, between the fake <laughs> mountains, and you're like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, he he's a big, like, proper, like, cardboard box robot. Ro- uh, exactly what you imagine like a robot not, from a yeah. B-movie in the 60s to look yeah. like, that's mm-hmm. what he looks like. He's the robot from that episode of SpongeBob where uh, where worlds collide, you know? Yes! <laughs> uh, no can hide. Yes. Wow. Uh, do you got any more Patrick quotes for us? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll see if I can sprinkle them throughout. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, just for the audience at home, I know Patrick did not say that line, but the voice actor for Patrick does. So don't come after me oh and then and then there was a <laughs> uh someone straight out of the like time traveled from a furry convention uh in 2015 uh a, a man in a polar bear fur suit who that was a man it, <laughs> that was the most the realistic polar bear I've ever seen it you know it's it's of course supposed to be an actual polar bear but it is it is a man crawling around on all fours going Rarrr. <laughs> Yes. Um, <laughs> the, the actor who played Billy could not keep a straight face while the polar bear was reaching for him. Nor um, could I. <laughs> so I do, I do want to give a shout out uh, to Gene Lindsay, 
Uh, he did pass in 1998, but he was in that polar bear costume. Oh my god, you um, found that? It's on IMDb, he has a credit. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> All, All right, right Gene, good job. Pictures, if you look through the pictures on IMDb, he has, <laughs> the polar bear has quite a few of those uh, slots yeah. taken up, so. Uh, it must have been a marvel for them at the time. Uh, but yeah, so the the answers I have here are are you know uh, the mean Martian and a polar bear and Torg, uh, this this robot. Um, I, there are, there is also a fourth answer, which is a ladder, a ladder oh. being used to exit a spaceship. <laughs> hey, in in cinema history, when has any spaceship ever used a ladder? Uh, the day the Earth stood still. Yeah. Are you sure? No, I think it's a ramp. Yeah, because Gore. No, has no, to. I know. I, I'm just because <laughs> joke. No, it I'm, is I'm so sure there are plenty in the, ungraceful like, the 50s and stuff. to watch people in a line come down a ladder, like and they this, show it all. They show every second of it, baby. Hey, that wasn't as tedious as the landing process <laughs> with the gears. So, yes, and the one guy who pulls every single lever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Imagine if on Doctor Who. There was a 10-minute sequence every episode where the doctor says what lever he's pushing, does so slowly, and then moves on to the next lever. That's what it was like anytime the ship did anything. If you're watching David Tennant's Doctor, he he hits every button in that room. Like, oh, yeah. Every episode. Yeah, in the span of like 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Speaking of button pressing, question number eight. Fast forwarding a bit because some stuff happens. Uh, obviously, Santa gets uh, kidnapped. Do y'all want to talk about that? Because we can. Oh, when um, uh, the robot bursts in, he's like, "Wow, you're the best toy I've ever seen!" And they're like, "He's literally with just that one line. He's uh, blushing and no. And what 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 is the word that they use? He's they, become they, a they, toy. He's rendered him a toy. And I'm uh -huh. like." Really? <laughs> and they just leave the robot there. It's, yeah. It's never brought up again, but this version of Santa has some kind of dominion over, like, the willpower of all machines. And that's when we find out that the Martians' guns just temporarily freeze people? Right. There's specifically little, like, air vortex pop guns that are just an actual toy you can buy. There's a spring inside. You pull back a lever and pull the trigger. It just fires a little air vortex like a out of it. Little of air, yeah. Um, and that's that. Those were their like freeze you guns that they were just waving around like like you know proper. You <laughs> yeah, know. they had great trigger discipline uh, with these things. <laughs> um, but yeah, their guns have a stunning effect that are not permanent. Right, they shoot two of the the elves that work in the workshop. Mm -hmm. uh, they shoot one of Mrs. which Claus. It, it just like one of the elves just like pulls up a bat and is ready to go to town oh, yeah. on he's these like, Martians. I think that was Winky. It was definitely is, Winky. He's the same he knows what like, these Martians are capable of. He's like, oh, those are those are Martians. And everyone's like, really? But yeah, no, he it, definitely such a bizarre watched, scene. He watched signs and knew exactly what he needed to do. <laughs> and then such a somber performance from Santa when he's like. Did you have to do that? And they're like, oh. it's just temporary. He's like, oh, oh, well, then screw him. <laughs> Let's <laughs> go back to your place. Mrs. Claus well, is going to be wife very too? upset. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they, they, they come in and they, they freeze all of the elves and Mrs. Claus. 
um at which santa makes a boomer wife joke um like she hasn't been this quiet in years yeah (laughs) um but he sort of like just like sadly goes with the martians as they steal him away oh sorry just to kind of catch everyone up on the kids the kids get captured they're taken back to the ship they can't let people know that martians are taking santa claus right so they take the kids back to the back to the ship they bust into santa's workshop they kidnap santa i i wanted to fast forward through all of that but i mean here we are um, the Martians kidnap Santa, who is now a prisoner alongside uh the two. <laughs> I wrote Billy and Betty, but my phone autocorrected to Ability and Betty. Um, oh. it is at this point that the Martians find out that they are being followed by a human spacecraft. But how? How could this be, Jet? Well, it's cause Billy messed up the radar box, yeah. and now their cloaking system doesn't work. Uh, let's. Let's combine two questions here, because I realize these two questions kind of uh, overlap. So they discover Billy's sabotage on the radar panel. What does uh, what does the the mean the mean man do about it? The mean Martian, uh, Voldar, with a, who has a sort of Freddie Mercury mustache, and again is ripped as hell. Sixties, um, anyways. Yes. Oh uh, yeah, for the for the sixties. You, you know, know what, but before we continue on to to what Voldar does. Uh, these th- this spaceship that that's following them, uh, never catches them, and, and we never hear from them again Mm-mm. or of them through the it's, whole rest of the movie yeah, because we just go and focus on Voldar trying to off these kids in Santa Claus. Yeah, because the UN is all like we we've we've united like the world governments at the end of Watchmen, uh, to go <laughs> find Santa Claus. War is over. Peace is here. We must come together to save Santa, and then that plot line goes absolutely nowhere. Yeah, uh, I even have it in my notes here. Um, the answer to question number eight is they discover Billy sabotage on the radar panel, but don't worry about it. This is never brought up again. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, what, 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 does, uh, what does Voldar do about this sabotage? Like he, They obviously discover it. What is the reaction to it? <laughs> uh, he's real grumpy, and once again, he's like, I'm going to kill these kids. So he goes and finds Santa, and the kids is like, come on a tour of the ship. Takes him to the airlock, which Billy knows a shocking amount about airlocks. Billy spends five minutes explaining how an airlock works. Now, this wasn't a time where the audience was presumed to be the dumbest they've ever been. You're right. It was just because they probably didn't think anyone would know what an airlock was. They wouldn't wouldn't get to the moon until a year after this movie was released. Oh, true. But also, like. Um, the whoever wrote this movie didn't know anything about anything. He probably was like, "Oh man, I gotta, I gotta stun these people with at least one fact," and he went all in on airlocks. Yeah, yeah he bought an entire book about airlocks. I was like, <laughs> "I'm not letting this go to waste. This is an important plot point." So Voldar shoves them in an airlock, uh, and Santa's all like, oh, oh, "I'm not worried." Uh, Voldar goes back up to the cockpit and 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 starts opening the airlock. Which takes uh, how long to open? Uh, 60, 60 seconds. seconds. 60 yep. seconds, exactly. And within 60 seconds, Billy's like, uh, the air vent to which uh, they use that to escape. And I don't know what your next question is, Roger, but I want to I blow through this because I know we oh. don't care about time, but we are running a little long. Oh, um, yeah. So <laughs> that's when uh, Kimar is like, where are the children? Even though Voldar told him exactly what he was going to do, try to kill these kids. 
starts like, beating Voldar to death. He's like, they're, they're in the airlock, but no one's in the airlock anymore. Or no, Kimar comes in, he's like, who's in the airlock? He's like, no one now. And then they get into the the best cinematic fight scene since uh, the Star Trek fight between- uh, Stunning. Yeah. Gorn and Kirk. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah there you go. Uh, it was very, very convincing. Um, there's a, a fight later in the movie, too, between the same two characters that's just as convincing, mm-hmm. where- the punches are literally them just holding their fist to their head. <laughs> like it's like, uh, I, I just punched him. My fist was just here because I, I swung at him. We all yeah, know what a punch uh, looks like. This, this is convincing. an airlock, and this is a punch. You see, Santa Claus essentially uses his chimney magic. <gasps> I wrote the same violent, words. Very violent night esque to go yes. out through the <laughs> airlock vent and and survive There's with also- the kids. Yes, it's also the only time. Well, I think Kimar is like, oh, but the air vents is this big. I, he kind of suggests that the kids could fit, but Santa Claus couldn't. And it's the only time they ever allude to Santa Claus magic. Right. Uh, so I, that's really funny that you said chimney magic because that's the ex- exactly what I wrote. Um, it was super chimney magic. Yeah, it uses chimney magic to zoom them through the air ducts and escape the air lock. Now, here's a note. This isn't a question. It's just a note. But Modor, Modor, Valdar. <laughs> is put into the prison cell for this, but as they land back on Mars, they find that he has escaped. But we'll get back to that later. Question number 10. The Earthlings are introduced to the to the Martians. There is a really awkward laughing sequence, uh, but the fun in game ends when Santa learns about what, Jet? Oh, yeah, Santa's all like, sure, I'll start, I'll make some toys, and I'll, I'll deliver presents, I'll be your Martian Santa. And then I'll get that done and then get back to Earth in time for Christmas Eve. And the Martian, uh, Kimar, who's like, really, all of the Martians have become quite endeared to Santa Claus in this time. They all love the dude now. Right. Uh, but Kimar is still like, no, Santa, you're never leaving Mars. <laughs> Xavier? Yeah, he finds out that this is his forever home. And he's going to be uh, <laughs> pushing buttons for the rest of his life. That is correct. It. There is a very dire moment where, like, where, yeah, like, you know, Kimar, Kimar, I always want to call him Vicar. Kimar, like, gets really dire, like, really low, and he's like, that's this thing, Santa Claus. You're never leaving Mars. <laughs> and, like, and it's like, oh, my gosh. And Santa kind of just goes like, oh, man. Well, cool, <laughs> that just goes with it. That's no good. Uh, okay, now, here's another note. Cut to a Martian cave where we find... Uh, the criminal, Voldar, and his two henchmen, but again, more on that later. <laughs> um, question number 11 is, the workshop, while mostly automated, only makes seven different toys. Can you oh name god. those toys, Jet? Oh my god. Oh, this is tough. Oh, that's great. Um, bat. bat. Train. Train. Doll. Doll. Um, oh! Um, well, that's three. <laughs> um, that is three, four more. Um, boat. <laughs> oh, teddy bears. Teddy bears is one. Yes. Yeah. Oh, teddy bears. Um, cars. Cars is another one. Uh, is a tennis racket another one? Because that's what the bat gets morphed with. So funny enough, they don't make tennis rackets. There's not a. There's not a shoot for tennis rackets. So that's. Five, yeah. Uh, uh, what about like guns? Because they had little pop guns. Funny enough, there were little pop guns. There was no shoot for that. 
So I'm going to go ahead and call little, that a, a prop mistake. There were little pop guns that had like the orange tips on it, which I thought was was odd. I mean, just, you know, for Martians in general who don't have Tommy guns, I don't know what the worry <laughs> was. Uh, I can't think of any other toys. That's all I can yeah. think okay, of. Okay, so there I, was... So- I, I I'm gonna say these in order uh, on the wall that they were that they were laid out. Ball, bat, <laughs> doll, car, teddy bear, tools, trains. Wait, tool? You just activated the Winter Soldier. I think. <laughs> <laughs> you said tool was one of them. Tools. Oh, tools. Streetcar, rust. Yeah. <laughs> only, only Basil. One, I mean, for 49. the 60s. 42. They only had one one feminine toy in there. Well, I guess two with a teddy bear, but that's uh, kind of sexist. Yeah. Well, this was 1968. Question number 12. Voldar and his goons have a Three Stooges routine to sabotage the workshop, <laughs> and they end up kidnapping Santa. But something feels off. What's wrong with this, Santa? Jet? Well, you see, in the middle of the Martian night, uh, which I believe Martian days are called souls. Don't know what Martian nights are called. Uh, but in the middle of the Martian night, uh, our, our, our Dumbo uh, Martian Droppo <laughs> uh, sneaks down and, and puts on a spare Santa suit that uh, uh, Kimar's wife created, stuffs a pillow in the pants, and, and starts pretending to be Santa. And that's the Santa that uh, those uh, Oogie Boogies boys come and capture by accident. <laughs> Xavier, do you have yes. anything to say about this? Um, how, how did you phrase the question? Uh, what, what's wrong with this Santa? Oh, he's got he's got a freaking green helmet. Hey, out of he's his wearing head. the same helmet that they're wearing. <laughs> He's clearly a Martian. He's, He's very, very clearly very another Martian. clearly a Martian. Like, I was telling Roger last night, I can't imagine half of these actors taking this movie um, for what it was. Like, these are serious actors, and they're like, why would we not know this is, this is one of us? He's wearing the same headpiece, but... All the Martians, oh, I want to note, all the Martians are quite tall, and maybe that's just because the only other characters are two children and a very short Santa Claus. Right. But they're all kind of huge. Well, and then there's the freakishly tall one whose arms look like they go past his knees. Um, oh, who, yeah, who's the dude. guy who pulls all the levers in the spaceship? Yeah, I don't see him. <laughs> I, I don't He's sitting down again, for our so. safety for most of the movie. Yeah, I have um, Rigna written down as tall Martian. So, so <laughs> yeah, it, it, so the, the, the Santa is weird because it's Droppo. Uh, he uses a pillow to stuff a fake Santa Claus suit and uh, assumes the identity of Santa Claus. Now. Get ready for the weirdest question that this show has ever had, okay? And I need y'all to really, really hang with me. (laughs) Question number 13. As the workshop is now making freakish Chimera toy abominations, Voldar and Stobo confront Kimar about their hostage Santa, who is secretly Droppo, being guarded by Shim. How are they defeated? I oh my god! I I lost track of the question halfway yeah, through. Yeah, imagine writing it. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, well, Kimar's like you don't have Santa. We got we've got Santa, uh, and then there's a extended fist fight. 
Okay. And there's, there's a follow. Yeah, there's a follow up fist fight, and then uh, the children point, attack Timar. with toys. Uh, uh, are, are we that far? Are we that far? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, are we, that, yeah. We, are, we are that far. And then there's that weird cut where the guy's like, wait a minute. You're not here. You're in there talking to Dropo dressed as Santa Claus. And he's like, I'm going to see who he's fighting in there. And he, he, he peeks in and then it cuts drastically just so that he could have a ball in his mouth because I guess they couldn't figure out how to do that. <laughs> right. Um, it's a sort of end of Toy Story 1, the toys retaliate. Against Sid, right? Sort of scene again. Yes. Yeah. The, the, uh, four ki- the four children on this whole planet um, rebel against uh, Voldar and, and attack him with all the toys. Just relentless sort of... It's nightmarish. S- torment. Yeah, it's, it's really... It's kind of it's a like scary scene. It's like the dream scene. sequence in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. It's so, really <laughs> ominous. So the answer I've written down here is the children beat the ever-living shit out of Voldar <laughs> uh, with an armory of toys as Santa laughs maniacally. <laughs> Santa um, doesn't do anything. No, no. He's having a great time, though, just watching this guy... Get oh, his yeah. life wrecked. I think at one point he does catch like a little um, what were those things called? Those you take two sticks and put them together and you can toss them like a, gl- a glider. There we go. He he catches a glider and he's like oh 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 and throws it back at him. Uh, I think that's the only thing he throws that hits Voltar. So right. Oh. Um. So as we stated before, uh, Droppo uh, escapes imprisonment and appears at the workshop where Santa proclaims what, Jet. Um, I think he, he proclaims, you don't need me. You've already got a perfectly good Santa. Okay. Okay. Uh, Xavier. Uh, yeah. He's, dang it, Jet. You're like the most, the, uh, yeah. accurate <laughs> guest that we've had. Yeah. So. <laughs> Even people who have taken notes in the past have not done as well at these questions as you have. Yeah, I think usually it's it, it, at most they'll answer like seventy percent of them correctly. I don't even remember these movies, but as I listen to them answer, I'll be like, "Oh, that's right, it, it was this." Uh, you've just gotten all of them right, and I have nothing to add but this little rant. Yeah, um, basically, basically, just like I'm so flattered. Uh, basically, just says that Droppo, who's done nothing of any competence the entire film, is a perfectly acceptable Santa Claus for Mars. Right. Uh, that Mars doesn't need Santa. They've got a great Santa right here. And Droppo calls himself Droppo Claus, which is going to be my new rap name moving forward. (laughs) Uh, Last question, and I'm so sorry that we've taken so long to get here. Uh, But question number 15. Santa and the kids are all ready to get back to Earth, and they say their goodbyes. Jet, what might that have sounded like? Well, uh, I believe the the Earth children ask, "Do you ever think we'll meet again?" Uh, and the the Martian wife says, "I'm sure you will, children." Uh, and then Santa Claus, <laughs> as they leave, delivers his classic line, "Goodbye, dear friends." Away. <laughs> <laughs> he says it twice. And Away! <laughs> yes, and then they take off in the Martian spaceship with no chauffeur. Um, right. Santa just, he figured out, pushing all those toy buttons, he, he figured out how to fly a Martian spacecraft, and now they're headed back. Um, Didn't <laughs> they'll really probably be intercepted by that, uh, <laughs> by by the that one UN Earth spaceship that going, yeah. that's been following them. They must know where they went because they were captured by Martians. So. Right. He even says it in the newspapers. Uh, 
it, okay, this is another thing I wanted to mention. The news oh, in it this does world? Say it very, very... Uh, just on top of everything. Yeah. Um, competent. There we go. Like, the second com- oh, yeah, something yeah. happens, there are papers about it. And I think um, they do say that Mrs. Claus confirmed that Martians kidnapped Santa. Yeah, so just could you imagine reading the fucking headline in 1968, <laughs> Martians kidnapped Santa Claus? That would put people in comas, okay? Yeah. Like... They think the train was going to hit him through the screen. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) They thought a bear was going to grab him halfway through this movie. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So before we move on to actually sequelizing, um, is there anything specific about the movie you want to talk about? I just, I'm, I'm really stunned. I mean, probably the best through line of the film is that Santa Claus is like, uber charismatic and can make anyone kind of like charmed and and so on by his jolly ways uh i'm i'm shocked by how little actual adversarial combat there is between santa claus and the martians it's all very amicable i am surprised at the lack of conquering done by santa claus no, no conquering at like, all. I would have loved to have seen Santa riding into Mars on a sleigh with his army of elves just taking over all these people. If this movie like, I am ended now your ruler. with Santa planting a flag into the chest of a Martian, <laughs> I would have walked away happier. That's kind of what I thought the movie was. I didn't realize quite how chilled, like child audience skewed it was. Right. So, Je- um, I didn't. Uh, obviously, I didn't discuss this with you, but. Whenever uh, I asked Roger if we had a movie picked, and uh, he he told me that you had suggested two movies. He didn't tell me what the first one was, because he just went straight into Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. And uh, (laughs) so I I decided to look it up to see if it was on Tubi so we can screen share it while we watched it. And uh, it was. But right next to it was Santa Claus versus the Devil. And I was like... Oh, hell! Yeah. Literally. (laughs) So I clicked on it. I clicked on it to see, you know, what it was about. It was made... In 1959, so like about 10 years before Whoa, this movie. Earlier. And, uh, and it, it opens, and halfway through the, the beginning credits, because you know, back then it was all the credits were at the very beginning. Those credits yeah. that no one sits through at the very end of the movie, unless you're watching Marvel, all those used to be at the very beginning. And halfway through that, I realized, oh, this is all in Spanish. Like, this is, <gasps> it must be like a Mexican movie. Um, and it opens up. And it's just talking about Santa's workshop. And this one did something different, which I wish this movie would have done, which was have children be the helpers as opposed to like little people. Uh-huh. But um, it uh, immediately got very racist because it started out oh, with African no. children. And you could just picture that in your head. Um, but I will say the production value for for like the devil and stuff in this was uh, actually pretty high. And as I was watching it, the the when they introduced the devil in there, I realized I've totally seen this before on like, I, I'm pretty sure this is like a classic movie that they play on, on Spanish television networks wow. all the time. Um, I, I couldn't sit through the first 15 minutes of it though. Cause it was, uh, it was too much, but the cave in this movie, uh, Santa Claus conquers the Martians resembles hell a lot in that movie. So oh, maybe, it was the same set. Yeah, yeah. They could have just been, uh, reusing sets. A, maybe <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Jet, the way this is going to work is uh, you've had not as much time as most of our guests to think up it. what uh, what a sequel might consist of. But we uh, I'm, I'm going to bounce between you and Xavier 
uh, basically to get an idea of the uh, to, to to sequelize. Um, so as a guest, I'm going to ask you, how does the beginning of the sequel start? Okay. I want to utilize many of the strange mysteries. You've taken on a dark tone, film. Jet. Please, you're scaring me. No, you sh- you should be scared. <laughs> the movie begins. What year was this movie released? Uh, 68, I think. The movie begins. It's a Star Wars-esque space shot. And we pan down onto the planet of Mars. And a little... <laughs> date card you know comes up in the in the corner that says mars 1968 and an american or a un ship flies into frame uh into atmosphere and we see a sequence of uh, uh earth soldiers dropping in uh to mars uh and just going to town like, you know, rampaging through the the cities of these uh gone soft Martians. Uh and we don't know what's happening. It's it's screams and explosions and bloodshed. And finally we see uh a foot sort of like plant onto the chest of a Martian and the an American soldier rips off their their helmet, uh gun aimed and says, Where's Santa Claus? <laughs> can, can I not you- knowing that everything had been peaceful, and thus begins the Earth-Martian Cold War, as both sides begin developing and preparing for an eventual conflict that will surely uh, go down. Can I suggest a slightly alternate version of that? What you got? Uh, So, all of that, the spaceship coming in, soldiers dropping in, and they start going across the plant, going through the cities, looking for people, only to find everyone's already dead. Oh. <laughs> Turns out, Droppo, all the power has gone to his head. He's gone completely insane. He's murdered all of the adults <laughs> oh. and only left the children to work in his workshop. You know, you know what kind of works about this is that it would have taken an Earthcraft years to arrive at at mars yes right so they wouldn't have have known you know because you know it takes it you know takes what like four years or whatever to get to mars man you can make a number up i'll believe you so yeah i love that in in the time uh that this earth craft has been going on this what they think is a rescue mission uh droppo has been on mars trying to be santa claus and he's he's ended up just destroying the place, now, sort of like the like the AI that's that uh, is set to create paper clips and ends up using up all material in the known universe <laughs> to do so. So is uh, Xavier? I'm I'm jumping back to you for a second. Droppo has somehow annihilated all life on Mars. <gasps> is that what you're saying? No, just the adults. Oh, just the children the are still alive, but they're his slaves now. Okay. Okay. No, this is perfect. Do you want to know why? Go ahead. The Santa Claus that conquered the Martians was Droppo. <laughs> 
it was never it was all foreshadowing it was never our santa claus it was this imposter clause so the name of the first movie was in itself a foreshadowing of its own sequel yes okay all right so the idea of santa claus is what conquers these people now, essentially, yeah, because I think that you could we've seen examples in in Santa Claus Conquers the Martians of essentially the Martians trying to do like Earth things, but not really getting what's at the heart of it. Very Nightmare Before Christmas. Right. So I think you kind of have a worst case scenario, you know, like if in Nightmare Before Christmas, Jack Skellington hadn't ever, you know repented and had kept the position of santa and like oogie boogie had killed santa claus and you know you just end up with this yearly sort of reign of terror uh completely thinking he's in the right place i think that's droppo you know okay so you end up with a a planet that's been essentially under the tyrannical rule of droppo claws for you know decades and the 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 little children bomar and germar uh uh are are trapped in this tyrannical rule especially um, since uh, droppo in the first movie had a unhealthy kind of obsession with these kids it's, yeah uh, oh yeah definitely true. i mean he he must so, have been yeah. like their keep the housekeeper or something i don't know what droppo was he was but just kind whenever of there. the wife comes in she's like is the master home so like obviously he was some kind of servant to them but yeah like, yeah so no i like that so yeah i think probably we leave the the fate of the uh earth astronauts mysterious right we don't know what eventually happens to them you know oh so they uh, show up until- on mars all the adults are gone. All the adults are dead. It's and under then it's... Santa Claus law. And then we cut away? We cut away to, like, uh, it would be, like, if you do, like, 20 years later, you can make it a Stranger Things-esque 80s period piece. Ooh, wait, uh, hold on. This brings me to my next question. X. Uh, yeah. Do the kids get, like, put down at a certain age? I was thinking about that, but, uh... Man, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I guess so because otherwise, there. I mean, if twenty years pass, there'll be too many adults. Uh, so yeah, I think he 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 kills off the ones that get too old only after they can, you know, procreate more uh, children Ooh. for him. Wait, can I suggest uh, something? Yeah, uh, just an island of misfit toys that is actually just an island of adults. Meant to breed for more yes. children. See, because I was also going like to suggest that. that the two, um, the two kids from the two Martian kids from the first one, uh, are trying to lead a, a resistance. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So, so I um, think I think yeah. the main crux of our plot needs to be the reun the reunion between Billy and Betty Foster and the Martian children Bomar and German, specifically because of the foreshadowing line. Do you ever think we'll meet again? I'm sure you will, children. Yes. You know we have to use that. Um, so I think we, we cut back to Earth, you know, and it's, it's, uh, it's Billy and Betty. They're all grown up. It's the 80s. Um, Billy is, and- is working, uh, Wall Street. He's, he's essentially like a Patrick Bateman. Uh, Betty <laughs> is, I don't know, a 
I don't uh, know. <laughs> well, I think I, I think the thing that would make the most sense for Billy is that he's an aerospace engineer. I legit was yeah. going to say they're both yeah. astronauts yeah. or something. They gotta be. Well, yeah, because right? Billy wanted to be a spaceman when he grew up. So, uh, hopefully, he wasn't on the Challenger though. You know what? Maybe oh. we could do sort of a ah, oh, we could do like a Hallmark thing because we got to make this Christmassy as well, right? Oh no! So we could do Billy has uh essentially gone the way of Susan from from Narnia, uh, where he's kind of written off all this strange event from his past and kind of no longer believes in Santa or Christmas or anything. Yeah, I was and thinking he's that gone as well. all into his studies. Meanwhile, Betty, who at the beginning of the first movie was all like, you know, like fawning about Santa Claus being real and so on, uh, Betty is like gone into like the toy making industry, right? And she's or maybe she has like a Christmas party planner, something Hallmarky, you know? <laughs> um, or maybe Santa left Mrs. Claus for Betty and Oh no. No, no, no. Oh, oh no. I'm gonna veto I'm, that. <laughs> you could you could maybe say that she uh works for Santa in, no, in yeah. some way. Or or maybe you make Santa more of a distant presence. Well it's the eighties, you know? so like marketing, you know, in the sixties marketing oh, really yeah. took off, but in the eighties it was like that was, you know, one of the highest level positions you could hold so she's now the marketing executive for santa mm-hmm. oh yeah and she got I him think... the, she got him the contract with coca-cola along with that polar bear yeah i think absolutely. at this point billy and betty are definitely kind of estranged because billy's uh sort of rejection of the whimsy and, and childishness he he sees betty as still this you know basically like just a, a an adult kid uh in an exact inversion of the martian children from the first movie right um you know she's an adult in body but you know there's got to be some kind of like all he probably thinks that the, the the trauma of their childhood stunted her development you know <laughs> so i think in this you get your two main character arcs for the film with billy needing to regain some christmas spirit and Betty perhaps needing to be more uh, grounded, grow up. <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. of deal with her trauma and and grow up a little bit without losing that joy. Um, uh, Xavier, how how do Billy and Betty? I guess one, how do they reconcile their differences and agree to go back to Mars? It's the anniversary of their parents' death. They're meeting for <laughs> dinner um, at at uh, Betty's home, which is a lot more quaint than. Uh, Billy's uh, lavish mansion. I gotta be honest here. We gotta start calling this man Bill. He's a grown Bill. man. All right. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, they meet at at uh, Bet Betty's uh, little quaint little little apartment, and they're enjoying dinner, uh, turning into an argument about uh, you know literally all of that character development we just discussed, and uh, that's when the door blows open, and. It's Winky holding a baseball bat. He says, "Hey, <laughs> I've received a transmission. There's where shit from going Mars. Down. <laughs> we got oh some word from gosh. Mars. Santa has already made his way out there, but he needs your help. You're the only two humans who have ever set foot on Mars, so we need you to kind of like uh, guide this rescue mission. I keep going back to Alien Two." On almost all of these sequels, yeah. it turns into like an Alien Two kind of uh, rescue mission. Okay, uh, let's let's speed things along here. Between between this, the inciting moment, and let's say like a climax or a plot twist, what is some rising action that you would like to see, Jet? Uh, it, it's gotta be, you know. Um, I, I like the idea of Santa being like a a f 
force in the background that you don't actually get to see for most of the movie. So I think there's going to be this this, you know, tension between Bill and, and Betty, you know, where like Bill probably doesn't even think Santa's actually here and, you know, Betty has faith and so on. Um, and, you know, Bill's like, if we go to Mars, if we go to Mars and Santa's not there, like this is a suicide mission. Uh, but, you know, Betty's all like, have, you know, have some faith in Christmas magic, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they definitely go to Mars. Uh, they find their, you know, they're like maybe in the middle of uh, like they're about to get caught and, you know, executed by uh, <laughs> Claus's, uh, uh children minions. Uh, the adult Bomar and, and Gurmar uh, come through and <sighs> save them. Uh, and that's where you get into your full-on uh, Terminator-esque uh, you know underground rebellion. Can we add an element of uh, Krampus into this? Oh, okay. What Maybe. you got in mind? Like, Droppo's created like a little hybrid creature to hunt down um, adults that, uh, that pop oh. up. It is and a robot, so he... though, right? <laughs> Hell yeah. No, he has to have, like, reformatted... Torg? Uh, Torg uh into like a robot Krampus uh adult hunter who who goes out I think I think that's that's <laughs> wait, the thing. Droppo thinks he's <laughs> Droppo thinks he's completely altruistic through all of this, right? He thinks this is what Christmas spirit is, and he thinks that adults uh just don't get it. They, they don't have the, the Christmas spirit. Yeah. I think he probably killed all of the it's got to be this mystery like why did Droppo do this and you eventually find out it's because uh all of the adults didn't believe in santa you know and didn't have the christmas spirit because they're all communists and this is when we discover that that Droppo was actually on the autism spectrum so he only had the 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 mind development of a child oh and thus that's why he's allowed to live oh (laughs) hmm now, okay, hold on. The, before we continue, what is a twist? Give me, I mean, really slap me in the face with a twist. Either one of you, doesn't matter. Now, um, does there need to be a, a twist? Because we've already established so many aspects of this movie. I think a twist is just kind of throwing a wrench into it. I think it's a pretty straightforward action flick. Um, You know, sort of a... You're going to have, like, maybe you can sort of, like, move through the the sort of Aliens franchise. Uh, because, I mean, like, initially, as as the uh, Bill and Betty are getting hunted by the robot Krampus tour, you know, that's where you get your, like, you know, Alien 1 sort of horror. Oh, wait, hold, uh, on. hold on. Instead of, instead of Tor being reprogrammed into this Krampus kind of monster, what if, what if, uh, Droppo makes like a genetic creature that is like a Krampus, right? Um, Easily, could. but the actual Santa Claus reprogrammed Torg to be his his like uh, companion on his oh. mission back to oh, Mars. Oh, right, because Torg was left on Earth. Yeah, yes. perfect. No, and I then think we could see I... Torg fight a Krampus. Yeah, this yeah, is good. No, absolutely, that's great. Um, I think it goes pretty pretty straightforward. Uh, as I think, uh, you know, Betty's immaturity kind of, you know, causes them problems and 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 gets them 
almost killed a few times, but at the same time, uh, Billy also sees the the positive effects of uh, Betty exhibiting the same kind of goodwill and optimism that Santa Claus did in the first movie uh in endearing some of uh Drapo Claus's child slaves uh to to their cause and you know as she kind of moves through with this sort of Paddington-esque optimism <laughs> uh Billy sees the the positive effects that it's having on uh Mars I think Billy throughout a lot of the movies like we just need to take off and nuke the site from orbit it's the only way to be sure you know this is hopeless there's you know santa claus isn't coming we've got nothing uh but that's that's billy's or bill's character development over the movie as he sees betty's optimism and eventually it comes down to i think probably a big moment where it's like a final raid on droppo's north pole you know billy's like we have no we can get in there and do this but we have no way out and betty's just like santa claus will be there uh, uh just as a question during their raid on the north pole how yeah. many how many child slaves do they kill um i think bill probably wants to and betty vehemently refuses i feel like I feel like that's it. you have sort of a daredevil punisher thing the, uh, where Bill keeps trying to do what has to be done, but Betty is like consistently like you know stopping him wait, from from doing. I've got the it. Deed. They kill plenty of them with kindness. I got it. <laughs> There's a moment where an army of them, like standing in rows, are standing between them, between uh, uh, Betty and Bill and the workshop, and they're you know they're in a position of like we gotta cut our way through these kids you know and you know betty's like oh i don't want to like we can't do that that's terrible and bill's like we have to do what we have to do like this is for the sake of you know the the planet and Mm -hmm. from behind them we see winky pop up with what looks to be a cannon um it's (laughs) it, it is enormous uh, it's uh-huh. it's it's much wider than it is like tall, I guess. Uh huh. And he is he's pulling this this massive spring with all of his weight back and back and back. And he tells them, "You two should get down." And they duck. And he lets go of the spring. And it it's basically a giant gun, a you know, Martian gun that they had from the first film. And this entire army of children gets frozen in place. Oh, yes! And that's how they can because, go around killing the kids. <laughs> because Winky has been a Martian the entire time. There's the twist! He was a Martian in the very beginning who left Mars and went to Earth because he saw the Earth television and he believed in Santa Claus. He's actually a Martian uh, child. He's not even, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still a, kid. Yeah, not even I a think, little person. He's just... I, I, he I think that's what, that's what you do. Uh, so he understands the Martian technology. He's back. The children are all frozen. Uh, Droppo's like, what? You can't do this. You're going to ruin Christmas. Uh, and then frickin' Santa's sleigh, you know, with rockets on it. Because <laughs> they did hit it the at the beginning of the first, of the first one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think Santa says, ho, 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 Droppo. You did that yourself long ago, but you can still make it right. Uh, 
Away. And away. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is where Droppo starts to have, Santa starts getting to him. He starts to have his change of heart. But then from the sewers, the genetically engineered Krampus starts crawling out of the sewers. Uh, and right as Droppo is starting to realize, like, what I've been doing is wrong. In that moment, Droppo grows, grows up. up. Hey. <laughs> and bioengineered Krampus turns on Droppo as he does with all adults and eviscerates Droppo. All right. Uh, and, and Santa's like, no, you know, he like, you know, tries to stop it, but he, he can't do much. Droppo's folly has already gotten to him. It's too late. And then the Krampus turns his eyes towards Bill. Has he gained his <laughs> childlike spirit? Wait, does he believe in Santa? Uh, well, I'm sure he does now because Santa's yeah, standing like, right next uh, to him. him. <laughs> He's like, but, oh know, yeah, I, I completely Santa blocked all that trauma reality. out. <laughs> Santa's an objective reality, but do you believe in the idea of Santa? And the the childlike. This has to be like it. the ending to Violent Night, where they have to believe in order to save him. So, <laughs> um, and that that's when Santa turns to Bill and he's like, pats him on the shoulder and says, "I believe in you. You believe in me." Oh, then, oh that's good. You believe in me, Bill. And that's when Bill turns to him and says, "You can call me Billy." Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. And then, and then the Krampus monster, uh, with everyone around having the childlike spirit that it's programmed to acknowledge, sits down and starts wagging his tail. And Santa goes over <laughs> and starts rubbing his head. He gives him a piece of fruit. And gives him a piece. It gives him a fruit pill, if nothing. Yeah, oh, yes, yeah, at least a pill. I, I don't know if you guys know this, but. The way to defeat Krampus is just to offer him a piece of fruit, and then he'll engage you in polite conversation and leave. So, oh, um, look at that. Santa knows this because he's Santa, so he yeah know, gives him this a is standard Krampus lore. Yes, Folks, I, I think, I think we made a sequel. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, children unfreeze, and the planet of Mars now free rejoices. We gotta put Krampus in the. In the airlock, though, that's <laughs> gonna send him out to space. Um, all right, that was that was fantastic. I loved that. That was gorgeous. Um, Jet, thank you so much for being on our special Christmas episode. Thank you for having me, boys. Um, it's super good to talk to you again. It's been a few years uh, since oh we've actually gosh. like had interaction, so uh, this was a good way to 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 get our <laughs> our red swordfish juices flowing. Oh, um, absolutely. Uh, it, do you have anything that you want to directly plug to the audience? Oh, well, my goodness. Uh, I would say uh, if you're interested in engaging in a little bit of uh, childlike wonder yourself, uh, if you haven't become so, so cold and callous in your adult years as uh, our, our good repented friend Billy did, uh, perhaps go to YouTube.com and search up Jet Kuso, J-E-T-T-K-U-S-O, or YouTube.com slash Jet Kuso, and watch some of my fun uh, nostalgic toy videos. Uh, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Wonderful. Um, 
So yeah, thank you for joining us. Xavier, do you have any uh, housekeeping to take care of? Sure, yeah. If you guys enjoyed this uh, episode, we do have other episodes. Uh, you can go ahead and check those out if you enjoy those. Uh, you know what? Even before you check those out, why don't you just give us a follow, and then you can check them out, and then you can listen to every other one we release after this. Um, and if you've been listening to us, we greatly appreciate you. Tell friends about it. You're not telling your friends about it, and it's very disappointing. Um, you've been very naughty. Yes, Krampus will come after you if you don't tell a friend about us after yeah, this it's episode. It's the only way. It's the only uh, way to be sure. Andropo, which yeah, I think is scarier than Krampus. But I agree. Uh, <laughs> oh wait, you so know yeah. we didn't do. We didn't come up with a, a a title for this sequel. But Jet did say something. Mars earlier. conquers Santa Claus. <laughs> he Jet did say Dropo's folly, which I think does make a good <laughs> like colon Dropo's folly. Uh, yeah. Would it be? Santa Claus conquered the Martians, colon, Droppo's Folly. Such a long title. That is yes, a very long title. It's perfect. Uh, but yeah, just, uh, you know, spread the word if you're enjoying this, because uh, we enjoy making it, and we'd enjoy to keep making it for you. Not that we're going to stop if you don't listen to it, but uh, right. just keep listening to it, and you won't miss any of it. Um, I personally want to thank uh, Peyton Pedkiss for the intro and outro theme. Uh, at the beginning of this episode, you'll notice that uh, he made a special Christmas theme for us, which was oh my god, yeah, extremely amazing. He did it very very quickly. Um, but yes, thank you to him and thank you all for listening, for being here, and uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Happy New Years, and other holidays that you celebrate. I know Hanukkah came up like two days ago, uh, as of this yeah. recording, and um. Yes, uh, have a have a safe holiday season. Uh, you know, uh, drink responsibly and uh, get some nostalgia if you can, where you can get it. All right, everybody. I've been Roger, and I've been Xavier, and I've been Jet, and we'll see you next year on part two, the sequel continued. I really thought we were all going to keep doing that.